Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film About Time. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do go ahead and listen without having seen the film, just be aware that we discuss the plot so it will be spoiled for you. Enjoy. Hello. Oh, sorry. There you are. <laughs> I was enjoying your bumbling. You, uh, you caught me doing my sound check. <laughs> yeah, that's literally what I do every time I get on the mic, just to kind of ba da ba ba da ba, which I think is actually not a good simulation of how my voice sounds when I talk. But now it's just become a little ritual that I do to myself to make myself happy. You know, you, you do whatever you do to get through the day, right? Exactly, exactly. Do you have any little, like, funny routines like that? Um, I mean, you have, a, you have a cat, so that's one thing. I have a cat. Um, I don't know, really, apart from that. I try and find a little bit of time to do something I enjoy every day, even when it's a day that sucks. Um, yeah. Is the main thing. Mm, that's exactly it, yeah. Let's, let's go hashtag inspirational in the first minute of this podcast. You have to make time for the things that matter to you even if it is just literally five minutes or ten minutes every day everyone has ten minutes even even america's big wet president has ten minutes a day <laughs> not that he would ever use them wisely but you know everyone has ten minutes to dedicate to that thing that that brings them joy that sparks joy to to put it in Marie condo terms exactly exactly which is to say that i went out at lunchtime today and i chased dogs for ten minutes <laughs> Other did, people's did dogs, they, of course. I was going to say, we did you just go down the park and like take the lead out of people's hands and go, "You're free now, yeah. Fido." Just watch them run <laughs> yeah. No, I've got yeah, I got like a pair of um, clips, clippers, like you know when people cut the chains off bikes. I got one of those, and I got a balaclava on, but I'm just going around cutting dogs' leads. <laughs> run, boy, run! <laughs> amazing, amazing. I want to see this. Yeah, that's what I do. This is how I get through the hellish times that we live in. It's, I mean, you've got to do what you can. Yeah. I mean, as, as, we, as we're speaking, Theresa May's about to make a statement. So we'll have to wait to find out what it is. But eh. She's going to get up on that podium, look the press dead in the eye, you know, stern expression on her face, expression of a leader and go, I towed in the hole for my dinner, and then sit back down. <laughs> you go, I had a Savaloy. <laughs> I had a Savaloy. I actually did have a Savaloy for dinner, and it was great. Oh, what? I'm so jealous. Oh, yeah. Today was my payday, so like, let's um, let's get the chippy, get Savaloy. It's oh, great. That's a, that's a genius idea. And you've got a really good chippy near you, actually. I remember that. Yeah, <clears throat> it was Great very, chippy. very good. And busy, surprisingly busy for a Wednesday. It was like every tradesman in Surrey was in there. Ah, there we go. You're queuing out the door. <laughs> Excellent, Good times. Excellent. So, how was um, how was your trip to Edinburgh? You went to Edinburgh yesterday for so, the day, yes. like a madman. Like a madman, I was. I flew up at about seven in the morning, flew back at about eight o'clock at night, got home about ten thirty. It was um, 
Yeah, it was a day. But it was good. I was sharing mental health with people. Excellent. Um, which was good. And did a little bit of work either side of it. Um, so yes, it was um it was it was a good day. Good. And you feel like everything it went down well, people got what you were saying, it was all all positive? Yes, yeah, yeah. And then uh, today I ran a session on men's mental health, talking about toxic masculinity and your mental health and why you should listen to professionals and not to The Sun or Piers Morgan. <laughs> good, good. Oh, yeah, very, very good messages. Or listen to experts, even if it seems like you've had enough of experts. Or... Even, if, 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 even if you feel like you have had enough of experts and that the country has had enough of experts, remember that the country has not had enough of experts. No, it absolutely has not. Experts are experts for a reason. Exactly, exactly. Oh well, that's good. That's all very, very good stuff. I've, yeah, I feel like this is this is a positive. This is a good day. Today's going to be a good day. What's left of it, yes. anyway? Yeah, I I would not have yesterday. I would not have used my magical time traveling powers to go back and redo it, Dame. Mm. No, not necessary. There's um, you could you could go and relive every day twice, but if you know that you've sort of done all right, exactly. then there's no need, exactly. is there? So for the first half of About Time, I um, well, I, I had seen it once before, but I'd kind of forgotten it. I thought that when he went back in time, he went back to that point and then had to live his whole life again from that point, rather than it coming, it was just like a day at a time, and then you could go back to the present day. So I was like, he's going back in time and reliving his life a lot. <laughs> I mean, but that was just me being an idiot. Yeah, not I mean, attention. I, I would probably have found it a little bit more interesting as a film if he had had to make that decision. It's like, okay, I can go back mm. to this point, but then I've got to relive everything. Is it big enough for me to do that? And that's, um, there were a couple of times where I was like, wow, he's, that's kind of a rash decision in light of that. And that's the thing I find that like time travel stuff doesn't necessarily always engage with. And that's the stuff I always want it to engage with. It's that if you had to go through everything again, it would actually be kind of hellish. Yeah, I, I, I suppose it's a it's an interesting way to think about it, isn't it? Is, do, would you want to do that? Or, you know, one thing that interests me was Bill Nighy is about to die. Could he just go back to when he was a kid? <laughs> Like, go back to... Because what age are they? 18 or 21 when they get the powers? Uh, 21. 21. So he could just go back to when he's 21 and just redo everything exactly the same as he did it again. Or or change things around. But in the very, very ending scene, you see in a thing that defied the logic of all of the world that he'd built, uh, that Richard Curtis had written. Not that it was a huge problem, but... Um, or maybe it wasn't the end, but it was towards the very end when Bill Nye was about to die, they go back... Oh, maybe it was the end. Shows you how well my brain is working at the moment. Um, they go back to when um, Donald Gleeson was a kid, and you see them, like, frolicking on the beach. So maybe once you get the powers, you can go back to any time in your life. So you could. Bill Nye could be like, right, I'm going to go be Bill Nye as a five-year-old kid. Yeah. Catch me if you can, death. Lol. <laughs> Because I, I and, and I and I wanted it to play around with those concepts a little bit more, and and I I enjoyed this movie, and I think the first, the first part of the film I really really enjoyed, mm. but then I felt as though there was a lot of potential with the world they built, and they never really dealt with the existential horror or the 
existential thrill of it at all. No. It, it felt like, and, and it's a show that I hated when I was a kid, it felt like Bernard's Watch, where <laughs> you are given, you are given this, this godly power and you use it to do, in general, the most mundane things you could possibly do. That, but that's the whole point of Bernard's Watch. It was to prove that life is boring and hellish. And hell- hellishly boring. <laughs> Bernard's Watch was preparing us for a post-Brexit Britain. Yeah. We just didn't know it. But it's there to, te- to teach kids that even if, even if there's magic, life is still seriously dull. <laughs> like, he's got this magical... For anybody who doesn't know what Bernard's Watch is... Did they, um, did they I imagine have Bernard's a... watch in across the pond? <laughs> I, I don't think they do. It seems like a very British show. But even yeah. our, our younger listeners as well probably wouldn't know what Bernard's watch is either. I You're think right. A very, much, very much of its time thing. But this kid has this magical stopwatch, which he then uses to do... It pauses time and he can still move around, but he uses it to do the most boring crap. Like, oh, I'm going to get my homework done. Or I'm going to go and play football stuff yeah. like that there was Whereas, one that always stood, stayed with me where like him and his granddad went to a shop and his granddad walked out and left something on the count left his wallet on the counter and they got like round the corner and then it, granddad was like oh no i've gotten my wallet and then bernard stopped time and then went back and got the wallet and came back and that was it yeah and let's be honest here there's so many more fun things he can do with that power so okay he goes back to the shop and he picks up his granddad's wallet but he also pickpockets everybody else in the shop and steals their money (laughs) yeah because like if you could stop time you would get yourself an income by doing stuff like that wouldn't you you would you would just exploit it as much as possible and you go up to every now... every person you saw and take a, just take one pound from every person. You know? This is like now a, the like Bernard's Watch cast, by the way. It's just going to be <laughs> hours upon hours of us hating on Bernard's Watch. Yeah. But you, you would exploit it so much. You would steal stuff. You would pull pranks on people all the time. Yeah. Um, get into sold out shows. Get into sold out shows. Play on sold out shows. Like just sort out, you just do everything, you know, you do whatever you could with that power. But then also there is the existential terror of it, which is when you pause time, do you continue aging in that time that you've paused it? Mm, And I don't think that's something that Bernard's watch ever addressed. But over the over the years of him using his stopwatch, he will have lost years on his life. Yeah, because he'd be like a forty-year-old man in in year eight. Yeah, exactly. And 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 I don't know if it ever addressed that. It might have been that it, it, when he stopped time, he didn't age as well. But you've got that aspect of it as well. And and how do you use that power um, in a way that's both making good use of it and that is not turning you into a supervillain? Yeah, and I felt like um, about time didn't really do enough of that there was so much potential there for it to talk about things and it kind of it, it was it was milk toast really wasn't it in the way that it dealt with time travel it dealt with that side of it only as a plot device to make it sad that bill nye was dying yes i agree sorry i was taking a drink <laughs> that was not a shocked pause at, at that revelation oh, I, bill nye was dying <laughs> i am um, yeah i agree with you wholeheartedly on that one um, it was used to, and uh, they they kind of just introduced rules here and there and sorry it sounds like i'm hating on this film i actually quite enjoyed it but yeah because it's it's a richard curtis film isn't it yeah it's we're a... not going into it expecting it to be this incredibly intricately um plotted tightly wound 
time travel drama but at the same time the logic of the world has to work right yeah and and that's my issue is did the logic of the world work and i don't think it did and it feels as though they kind of added in rules here and there that impacted on stuff in ways that you weren't expecting so for instance the whole thing that he goes back in time and then he can immediately travel forwards again Mm. um and something that that never really did was a lot of stuff is going to change based on the tiniest change that he makes at that point yeah and he never really struggled to understand what was going on apart from when his kid turned out to be a boy instead of a girl (laughs) yeah um which was uh which was interesting um and 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 so he never really struggled with it from that aspect there was then the he can take people back in time with him yeah which was suddenly introduced and i was like "Mm, that's a bit weird they said um, that only the men could do it, but his sister could do it. Yeah, as long yeah, as he was holding her at the time, they could both go back. And then when she came forward in time, she was very okay with the fact that suddenly she loved his best friend. Yeah, and he basically forced them together. Yeah, which is, it, it was weird. It was weird, that bit. So that she wouldn't go out with Dodgy Jimmy. <laughs> Dodgy Jimmy. Was that his? Was his name actually Jimmy? I can't remember. They, they do actually refer to him as Dodgy Jimmy at one point. Do they? Okay. Even though he's the the fancy, quite gentlemanly actor who played Prince Albert in the ITV Queen Victoria series. Ah, well, there we go. Whereas as Dodgy Jimmy, he probably has a yeah. Prince Albert. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, yeah, and, and, and so there's all these weird inconsistencies. And then suddenly the, oh, you can't go back too far once you had kids, because if you go back and change something, it will be a different sperm. And it's like, okay. And then at the end, they go all the way back to before. Like before any of his children were born. Yeah. When he was a tiny boy. Yeah. It's like, so how much why, stuff has that ruined? And they they sort of, they imply that it's going to be fine because Bill Nye is like, oh, it's fine if we don't change anything. It should be fine. And you're like, okay, I, I believe you time traveling dad when you say it'll probably be okay. It could only change like the sex of my baby. <laughs> <laughs> He suddenly comes back and like the whole house is in ruins. Is like, oh dear God, what happened? Like, um, like the butterfly effect, the movie, the butterfly effect, where I've never makes, seen it. Have you not? It is an interesting movie for an Ashton Kutcher movie. It is an interesting movie, um, and and it deals with the idea of making slight changes and it impacting on things, and it it deals with yeah. the notion of fate. And I thought fate might be something that comes up in this film because that's a real sort of love thing isn't it fate and, and a romantic movie thing would be fate is and, yeah. and i thought this movie would deal with the romantic side of it and be like you know what even if um you know he misses out on meeting rachel mcadams even though and, and it, it really annoyed me right that he has the perfect meeting with rachel mcadams that whole scene where they're in the dark restaurant yeah, and they're talking to one another and you can only hear their their voices and hear their conversation and then afterwards they meet up that was brilliant from a romantic movie perspective. Yeah, a, I thought that worked. It, la- it lasted for just long enough as well before you were like, okay, I'm bored of looking at a black screen now. Exactly. And and it lasted just long enough for it to be interesting as well. So rather than it just being a, a slight scene, like a lesser movie would have kept it for 10 seconds and being like, oh, they're eating in the dark. And then after that, yeah. it's then, it, it kept it for long enough for it to be an interesting um, cinematic experience. Um, but then they undo it all because he's got to go and help his asshole friends play. Yeah, and 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 so that that what you want as the as the true meeting of these two characters doesn't happen, and instead he's a creepy stalker who tracks her down and goes to a party that she's at. 
Yeah, that part of it did feel kind of stalkerish. And there's a a um, a Chekhov's gun. A, a gun appears in that scene that is not fired later on, which is where he comes and he gets his way into the party by saying that he's a friend of Mary's to the other friend who um, doesn't know him. Um, but Mary is the one that he wants to get with. So he... he like kind of sneaks his way in and I thought there was going to be a thing later on somehow that would like expose his time traveling thing and that would be the the jeopardy where it was like oh no but I thought you came to the party as a friend of Mary's but that was where you met Mary and then he's exposed as a as a time traveling creep yeah I thought something like that was going to happen but instead the jeopardy is there is no jeopardy um, and and so, yeah. so the first third of this movie I think paces itself really well and and you're really on board with it and then it kind of starts petering out a bit and it kind of unravels as the film goes on. And, and I enjoyed it all the way through. I thought it was a, a good movie. But yeah. it kind of lost its way because it it didn't want to delve into what the story was about, which was time travel and romance. Um, but it also didn't go deep enough into the romance side of it from the time travel perspective or or into anything. It kind of touched the surface level and all these different points. So if you had the ability to redo a day, would you use it to get to know someone better who you really liked? If you had the ability to travel back in time, would you stop the people you love from making bad decisions? Or would you try and help them with the decisions that they've made? If you could travel back in time, would you try and help a family member that you know is dying? All of these points that any single one of them would have been a great topic of a film, but instead it just kind of touches on them and kind of potters about a bit in between. Yeah, it's essentially a romance between him and Rachel McAdams, but actually their romance comes together very, very easily and then it feels like it pursues tangents rather than their story. If that makes sense? It ends up becoming a I'm sad because my dad's dying film rather than what is sold as a a film about him being this um, romantic loser at first and then having this romance sort of towards the middle and then it's like it becomes like he uses the time travel to deal with more practical things rather than the chase of the romance as it was so there's very it doesn't feel like there's much of a threat to their romance or it's like will they won't they or that kind of thing there wasn't much of that which was more what i think you go into it expecting yeah and it it annoyed me so much that he never explained to rachel mcadams that he was a time traveler yeah um, because I don't know about but, but you, but she was um, she'd have to leave him obviously because she'd be like, oh, you know, I've already been a time traveler's wife once. I can't do that again. <laughs> In the um, film with um, Eric Banana, with Eric Banana, yeah. Um, this is, in fact, I don't know if there's more, but this is the third movie with her in, which is to do with time travel, isn't it? Because she's also in um, the Woody Allen film about Paris. Is it called Midnight in Paris? Paris, I love you, Don Lenoir. I'm a pervert. That's <laughs> what it's called. Because <laughs> I, I, I was thinking, oh, maybe we should watch that. But then I remembered that it was directed by Woody Allen. And yeah. fuck Woody Allen. <laughs> We're no, not he... going to watch any of his films on this podcast, probably. He is definitely um, cancelled, which, you know, is a shame because I I have watched and really enjoyed a lot of his films. But yeah, he's he's not a good guy. Hello, are you there? Yep, either. I am. You, do, you disappeared for some time. I was cursed by Woody Allen. 
Oh yeah, as soon as you say his name, it just disappears. <laughs> it just, yeah, it just makes you go. He's like, how dare you? Is the um the the Hollywood elite were after me because I dared to criticize Woody Allen? Oh yeah, and his his good friends Harvey Weinstein and all the other pervs in Hollywood. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, do you, do you want to know something mad? What? Eric Banner's fifty. Fifty years old. God. I know. I thought he was like our age. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I knew he was a bit older than us because he was in films like Troy, wasn't he? Oh um, yeah. Loki, I love Eric Banner. I think he's a really good actor. Who he is extremely handsome. He's he's unbelievably handsome, and he's a much better actor than people give him credit for, based on the kind of big budget movies he's been in. But, yeah. Um, but he's he's awesome. Like I don't know if you've ever seen Chopper. No, I have um, not. That is a great film to watch if you want to see the disturbing mind of a very violent man. Um, and and you know, and he, he's been in all sorts of amazing films over the years. So yeah, Eric Banner, love a bit of Eric Banner. Yeah, he's great. I actually haven't seen the Time Traveler's Wife, but I hear good things, and I hear good things about the book as well. Yes, yeah, I've not I've not seen it or read it either. When I um when I worked in a pub while in between studying while we were students, my manager was this guy called Fraser and he don't, the only book he'd ever read was the time traveler's wife. And he knew that I was studying English and I like books. So every time I saw him, he'd be like, have you read the time traveler's wife yet? And then he gave me his copy of the time traveler's wife and it was really nice. And I have it on my shelf and I haven't read it yet. Oh, you definitely have it to him to read that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's a really sweet story, actually. Yeah, he's a, a lovely bloke. So, speaking of consent in the movie world, um, did you find it there very... There is a problematic sexy sexy scene, isn't Yeah, there? did you find that awkward as well, Paddy? Yeah, definitely. I didn't definitely. know if I was just being oversensitive to it. No, no, I think you're right. It's like, is it... So, basically, Donald Gleeson... Um, he gets into bed with Mary and then they have sex and it's like, it's fine. But then he obviously, because he's a man, he wants to be really the best at sex. So he goes back in time and has sex with her again and again and again and again until he's the best at it. And it's like, well, did she, is it possible for her to consent to him having sex with her over and over and over again, multiple times, even if she doesn't know that that's what's happening? And probably the answer is no, right? Yeah, that's what I. That's exactly what I was thinking. It made me feel very uncomfortable watching it, um, and I thought, yeah, there, there is definitely a consent issue here. So that was a little bit problematic, and does reveal, I think, that there is always just a bit of a low key sexist thing with Richard Curtis, isn't there? There's as well. There's also a scene where like he gets exasperated by his wife trying on lots of different outfits because it's 1971 because <laughs> the women take a long time to get ready yeah yeah and, uh, <laughs> women sure why did it take so long to wear. get ready Jeez. this is this is a funny joke which is definitely for a modern day audience to enjoy um, yeah yeah so that's that, a that scene, couple of things that do let the film down that, that scene was really boring and i was just like come on hurry up and then it gets <laughs> is, that, is that the one that gets stopped by a really jarring dramatic moment or oh no it's the one where the kid destroys the manuscript isn't the it? the kid destroys the manuscript the only copy of ian McEwan's manuscript as, <laughs> as if in it's set in like 2012 whisper it there would have been an electronic copy it would have been <laughs> fine also she she says that her job is a reader at a publishing house that's not a job that exists and like 
<laughs> Richard Curtis knows people who work in publishing. People who put this film together know people who work in publishing. But like any time publishing is portrayed in a film, people think it's just people sitting there and reading fucking books. That's not how it works. Is that is that like what were we watching? Oh, it was um, <laughs> it was. Uh... Fifty Shades, wasn't it, with the amazing discussion yeah, about she, fonts? Yeah, and she goes, "I make the make the font two points bigger." <laughs> and like, El James wrote the script. She has written a book. She knows people in publishing. She knows how the process works. How did she let that happen? You know, the like very senior publisher doesn't look at the physical copy and go make the font bigger. There's a team of people <laughs> that do that. <laughs> Oh, it's just so stupid. I know nobody cares, but like, it's just I, I, I so irritating. I found it very funny, and I enjoyed their little back and forth about an imaginary job. Yeah, and he's all um, like, "Oh, you get to just read books." Also, this, this, the biggest like horseshit cliche about publishing uh, in the world. On top of right, that, this, I'm done. On, I'm done. I mean, it's fine. on top of that, this movie also knows nothing about being a lawyer. <laughs> So at least <laughs> yeah. it's got a quality in terms of how little it cares about the the jobs yeah. that it portrays. Because at um, one point, him and his his idiot mate Rory or whatever his name is, who's apparently shit at his job, both of them are in court wearing like the courty judge wigs, and that's n- not the kind of lawyer that you thought that he was. Yeah, you don't get because I mean, um, lawyer, lawyers do courty wear, judge wigs. Law- lawyers do wear wigs. But I got the ex- impression that they were. Well, sort that, of like, that's just because they're all bald men in their fifties. <laughs> that is entirely incorrect, by the way. <laughs> can I just point out? Um, I know many lawyers, and they do wear the wigs. Um, but I got the impression with the way that he was talking about it that he was some kind of corporate lawyer. Yeah. Um, because the kind of law that he's doing, he would surely say that he's a barrister, because that's what they refer to themselves as, because that's what their jobs are. Um, yeah, it's as if Richard Curtis assumes that nobody would be able to understand the distinction between a barrister and a solicitor, when actually that's fairly common knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and yeah, so the way that it, it portrayed a very muddled idea of the world at large um, also showed a very white version of London again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which was which was weird. Um, and, yeah, it was it was a strange film in terms of the way that it showcased itself. It almost felt like, tonally, it almost felt like Never Let Me Go, but without drama or sadness or depth. Or had, harvesting organs. Or harvesting organs. That we know of. That might be how he powers his time travel. Yeah. They might have just cut out the scenes where he snuck into people's houses and ate their livers to sustain himself. You'd um, be able to do it, wouldn't you? You would, you would. That's all he'd have to do. He just have with to a be, nice Chianti. He he just have to go. You know what? I've just got to redo this day again because I've got to break into that old woman's house and eat her brain, and then yeah. I'll redo it again, and I won't do that. Oh, sorry. I just got to go go into a dark place and clench my fists. I, I forgot a kidney. <laughs> um, and and so yeah, it, it it had that it had this kind of a detached tone. Um, this kind of detached. Uh, windswept faded tone to it particularly in the early scenes and that that kind of made sense because it was supposed to be like rural a a rich family in rural cornwall okay so i can get that but then that that kind of carried through to the scenes in london as well which i found very surprising and very strange that it kind of maintained this tone it maintained this this worldview that felt 
even even more detached than the 90s Richard Curtis movies, I think. I think this was almost yeah. a step back in terms of the way that it portrayed the real world from love, actually. Yeah, for sure. Because, it, yeah, it, it's, it was almost easier to do that through vignettes, isn't it? Because you're showing a whole bunch of different people. This was actually a more limited cast and didn't have that kind of friendship group interplay that is so ubiquitous with Richard Curtis's stuff. It focused more on family and it ended up feeling a bit more insular, I guess, as a result. Yeah, for sure. Um, and 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 I think the the movie was worse for it as well. I don't. I, it didn't feel like some movies you watch that have these kind of outrageous themes. Even if it's not, you know, there's other romantic movies you can watch that have have strange stuff going on like this. Um, but they feel more real, like like Groundhog Day, for instance. Um, Groundhog Day. Mm, yeah. It felt like a logical world it felt like a step away from our real world. Whereas I don't think about time felt the same way. No, I mean, Groundhog Day, we, we've all captured a groundhog and driven driven a car off a cliff, haven't we? Like, that's just something we've all, we've all been yeah, through. Yeah, I mean, that was my know? 18th, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like it, it's, it, it didn't feel genuine. And I think that's the main thing that it's a great concept and it's really good performances. Um, but there's there's character moments that let it down. There's world building moments that let it down. There's thematic moments that let it down, and it all feels a little bit paper thin. Yeah, and you can tell that. Well, basically at the end, just in case you didn't get the message, Gleason does a voiceover to explain it to you, which is that the whole point is to try and see the positive in everything and live every day as best you can or whatever, which is a, a nice message and is actually kind of zen and I appreciate that. But um, it was like the the route that it takes to get there falters a lot along the way and then it becomes more concerned with getting there than actually with what happens to the characters themselves. Yeah, exactly. And, and I'm sorry, but you would not... Um do what he does and be like oh i hardly ever redo a day now i live every day as if it is the the best way it's like yeah but that's not going to stop you if for instance you get splashed by a puddle yeah bullshit as soon as you, you walk outside and get crapped on by a pigeon you're going back inside the house to go back in time yeah e- even something like oh i wish i'd had a different sandwich for lunch today right i'm gonna redo the day or or you'd travel back in time to days that you if you had a difficult day, the next day you'd, or even the same day, you'd travel back in time to a day that made you really happy and just relive it as you did at that that same time. Yeah, exactly. you would you would use that power at least several times a week because what's the ramifications of not doing it? Nothing bad happens. It is just a positive. And doing the whole oh, I live every day like it's my best day. It's like, well, the world doesn't work like that, Donald Gleason. It does if you're Richard Curtis, though, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it does. It does. Because um, he's, he's got lots of money. But, what? oh, yes, that's what I was going to say before I got sidetracked by um, Woody Allen. I'm hoping if I say <laughs> it like that, then they won't come after me again. Yeah, don't say it three times looking in the mirror. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I would be fucking furious if my <laughs> my soulmate was like a time traveller and didn't tell me. Yeah. I don't understand why he doesn't tell her. I'd be livid, yeah, if I found out that that was a thing. Yeah. Like, why would you not tell her? Because you could do things, like, together, instead of keeping it as this great secret. Yeah, yeah, and you could you could help them with a lot of stuff as well. 
and and I know that um, I, I'm not sure what the sex of their second child was, but I know that their their first child was a girl. Then they um, have a boy, and they have a boy. So yeah. at some point, he's going to have to show his kid about time travel. Yeah. So surely it's better to let her know, because hey, what happens if he gets hit by a car and dies? Yeah, that kid's exactly. going to turn twenty-one, and then at some point they're going to get angry, go into a closet, and shake their fists and go, "I wish I was back at school." And it's going to happen, and they're going to have no idea how it happened. Yeah, and then it's going to be weird. But yeah. also, I think it'd be it'd be a great help for parenting as well. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And you know, a thing that you should share. And actually, yeah, as speaking as as a married man i think it's important that you don't keep secrets from your partner and that you do share everything with them um you know it, which isn't to say that you can't have you lead your own life but it's like things like that that are really big and life-changing you should be able to share together because precisely. you build a life together precisely and, and and that's why i always explain to my other half when i have to go out at night and eat an old woman's liver um to sustain my powers you know, you've got to be open about these things. But yeah, I yeah, I and you're that... you're a nice guy as well because you offered to pick her up a spare kidney on the side. Yeah, I'm like, you know what? I'll, I'll bring you some kidneys, yeah. <laughs> maybe a heart. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, or um, pick pick me up some spleens while you're going. Now. <laughs> oh, the spleen, <laughs> underrated organ, the spleen. What does a spleen even look like? It looks like a big sort of slab, doesn't it? Spleen. See, I think of it as being kind of small, like a small thing. Yeah. Oh no, it looks it just looks like any other organ. Yeah. <laughs> Squishy and weird and something you'd get on your plate in an expensive restaurant that you wouldn't want to eat. <laughs> and you'd feel compelled to have to eat it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, so so I found that weird. I thought it was quite insulting to Rachel McAdams' character that he didn't explain it to her. Because if he shares it with and I could have understood if there wasn't the scene where he shared it with his sister. Yeah. If if you know, he had to keep it a secret and he had to just keep it to a patriarchal thing down the family line but that doesn't happen and he does share it with someone else and bill nye seems totally fine with him sharing it hmm. so why yeah. not share it with his other half yeah exactly it's not like there are rules it's just it's just the film being a little bit patriarchal isn't it yeah and i thought mm, i'm not too sure about that i thought that was a, a weird decision to make and and his character makes these kind of weird decisions and like you said it's just bernard's watch is the kind of stuff that he he does go back to every so often. It's just like you wouldn't use it. Yeah, you like. He, there's definitely sometimes where he just be like, you know what? I'm going to go back in time and I'm going to pop a couple of E's just to see what it's like. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You could have every experience ever and then just cancel it out. Yeah, and and it. I found it weird that it didn't go into that. It was quite a po-faced film. I wanted scenes where Donald Gleeson was just like, oh, you know what? I've had a really difficult day. I'm going to go back in time. I'm going to go into work, punch my boss in the face, and then go out down <laughs> and the pub. Run and away. And then I'm going to redo it again. And, and and it never did that. And I thought that was a shame because there's so much you could do with that kind of power. Yeah. And but it again, just didn't explore it. We're wanting something from a Richard Curtis film that you're never going to get from a Richard Curtis film, are you? But, so maybe the lesson is that Richard Curtis shouldn't mess with time travel. <laughs> but, but i think like notting hill era richard curtis with that cheeky that cheeky hugh Gl- hugh grant sort of aspect to it hugh glant he would definitely if this was made with, with hugh glant um <laughs> my, my boy pugh glant he'd go back in time and he'd definitely have a stuttering so like moment like pewdiepie <laughs> 
<laughs> Everyone's favourite YouTuber, Pew Glant. Pew Glant. Um, he, he, there would definitely be a moment where he'd go back in time and in a stuttering, like, foppish way, he'd go, well, why don't you just fuck off, boss? <laughs> he would. You know what? I would watch the hell out of that yeah, film. I would, wa- I would watch Hugh about... Grant going back in time to tell people to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I would really watch that. Hugh Grant, I know you're listening because you love yeah. us. Yeah. He um, could go back in time and moon Rupert Murdoch. Yeah. He'd love it. <laughs> I, I I want to see this movie made. So Hugh Grant, get in touch. We'll do something. Yeah. This will be great. We'll um, do it. It'll be better than the the red embarrassing Red Nose Day special that you had to do recently for money. I did not watch it. Was it bad? It was it was bad, yeah. Okay. It was just it was just yeah. You know. But, but they raised a shitload of money, so Exactly. Fair so yeah, they you can do whatever you want. You could tell us all to fuck off Hugh Grant, as long as you made loads of money. It'd be all good. Um, but yeah, and, and and I think that's the main problem with this movie, and that's what really frustrated me about it. And 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 so the initial scenes where he's he's trying to explore that initial summer romance. Um, also, that was a weird movie. Speaking of his first love, who Margot Robbie, re- who who he didn't really love. He didn't really love her. He was just infatuated by her because he's a bit of a creep, and he didn't really have spend much time around women. Um, let's be. And she's here. an attract attractive one dimensional woman. <laughs> yeah, exactly um and and that that scene those scenes were fine because you could kind of be like okay he's trying to he's trying to explore his powers in a way and although it was a little bit creepy it wasn't done in as creepy a way as it turned out later on but then when he re-meets no. her when he re-meets her later and, and then goes out for dinner with her. I said, what are you doing, mate? That was really strange. And then when he, he says, oh, I'm not going to go have sex with you now. I'm going to go propose to my wife to be. Um, that was, again, weird. There, there's these weird yeah. character decisions in this film that I thought tarred it a little bit. Yeah, for sure. But what, what carries it is that the performances are, on the whole, very good. And it's a really strong cast. So they they carried it for me, certainly. It's all people that I really, really like doing things that I like and putting in great performances. You know, you got Tom Hollander as well as the sarcastic oh, playwright friend. Tom, Tom Hollander is one of my favourites. And I was so pleased to see him turn up in this film, being as Tom Hollander as humanly possible as well. Yeah, it's um, Pete it Hollander. Great. Yeah, I really enjoyed him in this. He was fantastic. But but they all were. Rachel McAdams, I think, is really underrated in general. Yeah. And she's really good in this, in what's quite a difficult performance to pull off because she doesn't really have a lot to do. Um, she's kind of there as the romantic conceit and, and, and she kind of appears throughout the movie as this kind of, it's almost like this calming centre to Donald Gleeson. Um, but what she, what she can do with the character, she does incredibly well and she feels like a genuine, interesting character character and an interesting person which i think is quite a difficult thing to pull off with the kind of movie that this is yeah for sure and you know she has conservative american parents who turn up randomly for a funny scene yes yeah that was a scene (laughs) yeah Uh, dad definitely voted for trump definite trump voting going on there um and and yeah so and i think in general obviously bill nye is bill nye and you can't go wrong with a bit of Bill Nye. Um, but oh, and you had um, Richard Griffiths and Richard E. Grant appearing in the play within the film. Yes, yeah. R- Richard neat. E. Grant forgetting his lines. As if that would ever happen. <laughs> that that was the best bit of acting in this movie, because I imagine when Richard E. Grant read that he was going to forget his lines, 
he would have just been like, fuck off. That would never happen. I'm a professional. Yeah. Um, so so uh, Richard E. Grant pretending to forget his lines. That's like the most unnatural thing. So immediate best supporting actor Oscar to him yeah. for this film. Which he should have won probably for the film with Melissa McCarthy that I haven't seen that looks really good. Yes, I saw the, tra- I saw the trailer. It does look brilliant. Yeah. So yeah, that was a nice little moment. And there was another time passing montage, which, you know, it was a bit of a lazy device again to get get them from one point in their romance to the re- relationship being established without him having to write any dialogue or make the film about that. So that was a thing where actually you realise that um that the film isn't going to be about the chase and that's fine. Um, but yeah, there's you know they keep walking through the tube station and I can't remember the song that's playing, but it's, yeah, it's lots of time passing. I, I did quite like that. Yeah, yeah. And, and again, I just kind of wish that there was more of him spending his time doing interesting things like wouldn't you use your your like power to you know learn how to master every musical instrument absolutely read every single book that's ever been written the saxophone i really want to play the saxophone you would you would play the hell out of a load of video games although it wouldn't carry over your save files i suppose no that's true it'd be like a like Sonic, you have to do it all in one play. Yeah, so you you'd play every single retro video game in that instance. Um, yeah, you would you oh, would God. write. Thinking about it this way makes me really sad that I don't have this ability because there's so much that I want to do. And and for instance, you could write a novel. You just write out the pages and go back yeah. in time with the pages that you'd already written. I actually I recently finished the novel that I've been working. Oh, on. Oh, excellent! But you know, it's taken me two years. Mm. Two years, of my life. And, you know, Donald Gleeson in this, he's like 22 for most of it. Yeah, and he doesn't use the powers enough, which is, which is, I think, the thing that annoyed me the most, is I thought they were going to make more of it, but they don't. Yeah, you're, yeah, he, and you're, you're right, he uses them for re- comparatively mundane stuff when you think about the scale of what could be done with them. And, of course, there's only so much you can show in one film, and one film has to focus on one thing and has to be a story. But, yeah, you're right, that. You, you feel you wouldn't feel cheated in that way if it had had a really really strong plot, but because it meandered from it being he's a bit awkward and here's Margot Robbie. Oh no, how, now he's in a relationship with um, Rachel McAdams and they're married, and now there's kids, and now and now it's all about it's how it's sad that his dad's dying because it meandered through all of those different emotional strands. You feel more cheated by the absence of the other stuff than you otherwise would have done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that that's the big thing, isn't it? It it doesn't have a strong enough pull to really allow you to forget about the failures of its sort of structure. Yeah. But I, I still think it's overall is good and is probably better than a lot of his work. I I feel like there's still more interesting it's definitely better than four weddings, but on second viewing it has paled compared to what it was in my memory, and now that we've had this discussion I feel less inclined towards it but i still think it's probably better than love actually and four weddings maybe not better than notting hill i don't know what do you think yeah that's where i'd place it in the curtis verse um i it's probably better than four weddings i'd probably put it on par with love actually um although they're very very different movies i think they they both have their flaws and they both have their successes Um, one does not contain chris marshall no (laughs) 
<laughs> um, but um, I'd say it's worse than Notting Hill. I do think that Notting Hill is the is the best of his films. Yeah, they're, they're very different, aren't they? At very different times. It's, quite, it's actually kind of a difficult comparison, isn't it? In my head, before we rewatched it, this was definitely better. But now that we've had this discussion, I'm kind of on the fence. Yeah, I mean they are dif- they are different movies, but we've got to rank them. I think to... what I should do is go back in time and watch them both in one day. I think that's definitely a good idea. Definitely. Um, yeah. so... When I'm done stealing spleens. <laughs> so have you got anything else you'd like to share about the movie? Uh, no, I, I, I think that I think that's it. Is it. Have I shouted about publishing? Yes, I have. <laughs> is, is that just your note? Shout about publishing? Shout about publishing. Oh, no, um, it uses The Luckiest by Ben Folds a lot. Like, and um, Into My Arms by Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds a lot. And that's those are two songs that I always find very totes of mosh. So that was that got me. Oh, well, there we go. That's good. So that was nice. Oh, excellent. You got trivia? Um, I'm hoping to get some up in case it, um, just in case it uh, crashes on me. But, um, oh, yep. Okay. So here we go. Um, so uh, this was Richard Griffiths' last movie. Yes, I did know that. Yeah. Zoe Deschanel was originally cast as Mary, but dropped out due to scheduling conflicts. Wow. Um, Rachel McAdams, I think, does a really good job. So I don't think you, In- you, you lost Interesting. I don't know. I like Zoe Deschanel a lot, but I don't know if she would have worked in that. I guess now that you've seen Rachel McAdams in it, it's hard to picture, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it is difficult, but I think Rachel McAdams was a really good choice for this. Right, Rachel McAdams, however, has not starred alongside Prince in an episode of New Girl. So, <laughs> well, there we go. Prince, famous for his album "Free with the Marilyn Sunday," <laughs> never gonna let it go. <laughs> I will never let it go. You won't let it lie. Because, <laughs> and actually, they Prince and Zoe Deschanel did a song together, and it's actually quite good. Oh, really? Oh, that's cool. It was in, I think it was in the episode of New Girl where he played himself and he was great. But yeah, it's a really catchy song. It's called Fall in Love Tonight. Oh, that is cool. Yeah, so that'll, that'll, do, for, that'll do for trivia, I think. Mm-hmm. A little bit of trivia for you. Cool. Right. How are we going to rate this? I'm also trying to remember what we gave Notting Hill. Did I put it in the spreadsheet? Oh, that's true. Because no. I do want to give this a lesser score than Notting Hill. I actually didn't put it in the spreadsheet, so I don't have it to hand. I'd have it's to go gonna back be a, and listen. It's going to have to be a gut instinct decision, isn't it? Mm. Um, so so how many facts about Kate Moss do you know based on talking <laughs> to someone that you're creepily stalking through time? Well, seeing as I've done a lot of creepy stalking, I'm going to say a 12. Cool, cool. Um, I'm just going to go one lower um, with an 11 for me. It's it's still good. It's it's more than a Bon Jovi. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I was a. I, it starts really strongly and then it dwindles and it doesn't really know what to do with its in, like interesting premise. Yeah, it just has some some fundamental issues, a few things that are problematic and things that just yeah, it just get it gets trapped in the the emotional manipulation of it, doesn't it? It's a bit like the Notebook in yeah. that sense. Yeah, yeah, it. Uh... Yeah, it it is a little bit of a, I don't know, wet milk. I say this movie's yeah. a bit wet milk. <laughs> you, yeah, and you, as we all know, you hate wet milk. 
exactly. you want your milk to be dry as fuck you you know those those like tins of powdered milk that you get you you take those into work and when it's lunchtime you you sit in the break room with all your colleagues eating their like nice sandwiches or bits of leftovers that they brought and you've just got a tin of dried milk and you're just eating it out of the tub with your hand (laughs) staring menacingly at all your co-workers with my hands shoveling it into my mouth (laughs) and when there's enough left i just tip it up into my mouth chase it with an oxo cube of course <laughs> and um, i i thought you alternated so it's oxo cubes one day powdered milk the next oxo oxo that's, cube what, that's Monday, what they call a balanced diet pow- powdered milk tuesday <laughs> old woman's spleen wednesday it's the <laughs> it's it's the masculine diet it's the new jordan peterson diet <laughs> oh my god yeah <laughs> <laughs> i wonder how that all meat diet is working out for him um i think it's going to do very very bad things to him um you need a balanced diet dude yeah do i want to google him to find out oh his name comes up above jordan peele in the search engine that's very bad that is really depressing or maybe that's just because i've like hate googled him so (laughs) maybe maybe um (laughs) oh dear oh shit dog cambridge university rescinded a fellowship for him yeah it got announced quite recently and then they've been like nah mate we're not doing it good Um, well, the headline says it all. Jordan Peterson, Cambridge University pulls fellowship for controversial philosopher who called women crazy harpy sisters. <laughs> oh, Classy dude. guy. Yeah, I wonder why the man with a huge Islamophobic following who refers to women as crazy harpies um, and eats a dangerous amount of meat in his diet might not be a good fit for one of the world's most prestigious universities. Yeah. Oh, he's on at the Apollo on the 8th of May. We should go and, like, egg him or some shit. <laughs> if I had time travel capabilities... That oh, would my be... God. It I would, would so It would that. just be pantsing Jordan Peterson constantly, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. I'd turn up wherever he is and just moon him. <laughs> He'd be like, why is this guy mooning me again, man? And then, like, he's there. It's a feminist but... conspiracy, Paddy. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. This hairy ass of an Englishman is a feminist conspiracy. <laughs> oh dear, good times. So, what are what are we watching next? So, I got thinking. I enjoyed watching a movie about time. So, I'm going to give you a few options here. Not Ooh, not, not giving okay. you the name of the movie, but instead giving you a little description of it. So, we've got um, is one. Hamlet with lions. <laughs> Hamlet with lions. <laughs> we will not be watching the tale of Mufasa, I'm afraid. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um so so we've got um a a centuries long romance between people. Oh. We have Wait, we already did Only Lovers Left Alone. <laughs> uh-huh. We've got a, a different one. Um, we have got um, a, a technological discovery means that people know exactly when they're going to meet their true love. Ooh. We have got <laughs> two actors we know very well um, share love letters between one another that cross the barriers of time. Ooh. And we have... Dude is making a time travel machine. 
So those, the, I can only assume that those are the first four films in the Hot Tub Time Machine franchise. <laughs> that is exactly right. These are all of the Hot Tub Time Machine movies. Um, I'm going to go with Technological Progress. Was that the second one? Yeah, that was the second one, yes. In, in that case, yeah. we will be watching a 2010 movie called Timer. Timer? I've yeah. never even heard of it. Yeah, I found it randomly, and it's interesting. So, all right. yeah. Um, it, it's like a rom-com version of a Black Mirror episode, I suppose is the best way of putting it. <laughs> cool. No, um, that's a, that sounds interesting. Yeah, it's it's a, it's an interesting one. I'm I'm not sure how many of our listeners will have will have watched it. Do you want to know what the other choices were? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, because so, you know we might come back to them at another point. Yeah. So, um, the century-spanning romance is uh, "The Fountain" by Darren Aronofsky. Oh, Hugh Jackman. I'm, I'm glad I did not choose that. <laughs> I, I've not seen it, but I've heard it's it's one of his maddest and best films. And okay. it, it is not as yeah. Apparently, it's quite an interesting movie. Um, we then we've got time, obviously. Then we've got um the two actors sharing uh letters to one another that cross uh time. Uh, is the Lake House? Have you watched the Lake House? No, I have not. Who's um, that by? It's um it stars Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock and that's right yeah and one I've of them lives of they both live in this lake house apart from they live in this lake house like ten years apart or something like that and they're they're sharing letters to one another and they fall in love right um and then dude builds time machine was safety not guaranteed oh I have seen that yeah I like that film I I like oh, that film yeah. as well um but you are stuck with timer. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's. I'd like to see something that I haven't seen. That's good. That's very good. I'm, I'm kind of sad that we didn't get the Darren Aronofsky one. <laughs> I found. It. I'm looking at the poster now. Even the poster looks absolutely bonkers. <laughs> yeah, apparently it is very, very strange, and I, I've not seen it. I've wanted to watch it for a while, so at some point I, I am going to watch it. But uh, yeah, I haven't seen Timer in a few years, so I'm excited to rewatch it. Cool. Ah, sounds very good. This is. I think this has been a good episode. We've had some. Some. We've wrestled with some important philosophical questions. So I feel good about that. Yeah, I think it's been an interesting one. I love a bit of time travel discussion. Yeah, very very good. Is there anything else we wanted to mention? Um, time travel's cool, and it would be a really good superpower. Time travel is very very cool. If what? Why aren't we inventing that? I know, right? We- I mean, it's got to be easy, surely. Traveling through S- time. Scientists, pull your finger out. <laughs> yeah. Stop Stop inventing new smartphones. Give us time travel. Yeah, we don't need that, Tim Apple. <laughs> Tim Apple. <laughs> <laughs> See, if, if, Trump, if Trump could time travel, he could, he could go back in time and not call the CEO of Apple Tim Apple <laughs> to his face. What if Tump... What if Tump... Tum, <laughs> Donald Tump... <laughs> Donald Tump... Tom Apple... <laughs> What if what if Trump can time travel and this is genuinely the best that he can do? Oh my god! So what? he's he's already reliving each day. Yeah. Twice. What if what if there's parallel timelines where things are much much worse and this is him doing the best that he possibly can? Oh god! Yeah. Can you imagine all of the parallel universes that are being created by all the different days that the big wet president is living. <laughs> Advised by his his large adult sons, <laughs> who who can also time travel, Donald Trump Jr. going back in time to try not to be the most going through a divorce man ever. 
God bless him. Bless the tribes. I did not come up with that description of him, by the way. That was someone on Twitter whose name I can't remember, yeah, I, but it made so funny. It's so good. Oh, God bless America. <laughs> Alright, um, if you want to get in touch with us we're on Twitter at BigBoysDon'tPod on the emails BigBoysDon'tCryPodcast at gr.com. What would you do if you could time travel? Yeah, where would you go if you could time travel? Yeah, how how far back? Let only, within, only within your own life, obviously. Yeah, where would you go? And Yeah, or if you had Bernard's watch what dastardly shit would you get up to? Yeah, yeah. We don't want to hear any mundane stuff. Yeah, we only, want to know what only weird, weird horrible stuff. things you would do with that power. Yeah. See, I'd be tempted to go back in time to when I was a kid because it seems like he retains his knowledge of everything and I would just be a super smart mm. baby. Oh, yeah, that's true. You'd be able to speak and stuff. Like, or, you, yeah, go into primary school and like ace all your classes. And yeah, stuff. you would just immediately get like top grades and you'd know what to prioritise based on the, the mistakes you made over the course of your life and you could just completely rewrite how you lived your life. Yeah. Hmm, Interesting. There's just so much you could do. Sorry, I'm just looking at a Bernard's watch T-shirt on Etsy. I should um, I should buy it for our show next week. Oh, mate, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, London, London people. We um, our band Palomino Club, uh, which makes Cop Show Pop. We are playing a um, at an eighties club night in a vintage clothes shop in Hackney. So that's about as hip as you can get. So be there and be square. That's actually. On the night that this episode's being released, as well, isn't it? No, it's oh, a no, week, we're on, a week ahead. No, aren't so it'll be, it'll be it's a week Friday. ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, I might buy this Bernard's watch T-shirt. Oh, you definitely should. I'll buy a Queen's nose T-shirt, and we'll. Oh hell yeah! We'll, we'll both live the lives of people who have great power and use it in mundane ways. Yeah, same with the Demon Headmaster. Oh mate, Demon Headmaster, listeners, let us know what your favourite. 90s um 90s kid show yeah the demon headmaster genuinely used to terrify me wasn't there a series of that where there was weird plant clones like invasion of the yeah Body there was like a triffids thing going that, on that really freaked me out when i was a kid because i was really into that kind of stuff and i think i had watched invasion of the body snatchers at a far too young an age um, mm. much like everything i watched when i was a kid yeah it um, seems like it yeah i was and 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 that sort of brought back horrible memories of invasion of the body snatched me. i was like dear god it's happening again oh i'm sorry i mean i love it no nobody's gonna snatch your brain that's fine they better not i mean it's not worth very much a time traveler might take your kidneys they might but i, I i'll be looking out for them beat them up steal their watch take that bernard <laughs> How do you like it now, Bernard? A sixty-year-old man in a school uniform. Being like, I've got oh yeah, to go back to school. I He's aged so much. <laughs> anyway, right, okay. Oh, good times. But yeah, as always, thanks for tuning in. We really, really appreciate it. Hope you like what we do. Remember to rate, comment, and subscribe. Yes, yeah, leave us all your lovely reviews and comments and everything. And we'll be back next week to talk about Timer. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Bye.